everyone, and welcome to the Fatback Free Football Podcast. As we know, this week it's been the FA Cup week, um, so we're going to run through those fixtures, give you a brief update of some of the uh, the upsets and the, the the smashings that have happened. Uh, we might glaze over a few, um, <laughs> but uh, tonight, obviously, joining me as the usual too, Mr. Buge and Mr. Wig. Good evening. Good evening. So we'll start off. We'll go. We uh, we'll go with Friday's games. We'll just have a quick uh, run through some of the the fixtures. And obviously, Aston Villa uh, COVID ravaged squad. Uh, basically, a, a youth side against Liverpool. Uh, and Liverpool and Klopp did them no favours really with a pretty full strength side. And to be fair, for it to only be four one, uh, I think the uh, the young lads did okay. Did uh, either of you watch it? Yeah, the fact they they held their own for quite a while. To be fair, um, they they put on a good show. To be fair, and uh, despite loss, um, story of that game was forgotten his name. That young kid who scored Louis Barry. Not saying Louis, Louis Barry. Um, yeah, so it weren't. They didn't. They didn't. Even though it worked kids out they didn't embarrass them did they really so I think as well um, <clears throat> in games like that um, it was a good opportunity to put them in shot window and I suppose for Villa in a way to like especially this this transfer window potentially get some of them out on loan because there'll be there'll be managers watching that in championship and league one and thinking he could do a job for us and oh yeah definitely it was a useful exercise uh, for Villa to do because like you said <clears throat> I must admit when I looked at Liverpool's team sheet I was looking at betting and I thought what's odd for 10 mil because I expected them to destroy them but no full credit to Villa they've, they've got to be proud of that and uh, especially that Louis Barry that were a lovely finish and uh, yeah no it were a humbling uh, humbling game yeah definitely well, they'll have learnt a lot from that um, and it should stand them in good stead for future. Definitely, definitely. We're, uh, we're quite a heartwarming sort of game to watch, really. Um, albeit, you know, quite a heavy scoreline, but in terms of the players that were on the pitch, I thought they coped very well, with, um, to be honest with you. And obviously, jumping on to Saturday, there were a, another COVID uh, game, we'll call it, which were Derby County. Um and we, I think before the week on the run-up, we all sort of, before this were announced, we all sort of ticked Crawley, who were, I believe, about 12, 18 to 1 or something, some, quite a considerable price. Um, none of us put it on, and then obviously the uh, the announcement got made and, and Col- uh, Crawley were favourites for that game in the end. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah so... I was going to put Charlie, cool Charlie. you got Crawley on Crawley, right? Charlie. Crawley. Got Crawley on brain. <laughs> I you know, why. I did that Sunday as well. Sorry, folks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so so Charlie, I, I did fancy him to be fair. Um, but then when Derby announced what what had happened, then it disappeared off at betting sites, <laughs> and then by the time they reappeared, it wasn't even worth putting on coupon. So, but yeah, so they went. So Charlie won two nil. Went through. What do you reckon to? Uh... Choice of uh, soundtrack in dressing room. <laughs> Which one? I, I, you have to remind me. Oh, well, 
didn't they copy off somebody else? There seems to be a bit of a common theme. It's I think it's about third one I've seen now where they're singing Adele interesting. I, I thought they just had some kind of cup cup tradition that I don't know that I don't know if they sang it against Wigan because you've got to think as well. Um, I know people have kind of I won't say disrespected them, but said well they've only beat Derby's youth team, but for a club in I mean Conference North. Believe so, mate. Yes, not yeah. for a club to be in the fourth round is a good achievement because don't forget as well the beat Wigan and the beat Peterborough last two rounds. Yeah, and like I said, they're decent football league clubs. So no, I think it's a great achievement. Um, oh, they got in the. Oh, they got. Uh, oh, they got in the draw. Wolves at home. Oh, that's so, a nice, one. A nice little draw for them, that, isn't it? Really? Yeah. So you never know. You never know if yeah. uh, well, for them to get to the fourth round, it's like equivalent of like say a championship club getting to like quarters or something. It's a decent run, yeah. that. No, it's, it, yeah, it's like I say, full credit to them. They've, they've dropped on a little bit with with the derby situation, and no fair play to them. Yeah, good definitely. Luck, good luck to them in the next round as well. Um, there, were, there weren't many sort of uh, massive ties over the weekend, really. Uh, we'll touch upon, obviously, um, Arsenal beating uh, my favourite manager, Steve Bruce. Um, obviously, I think we were all watching that game, and I think if Andy Carroll sticks one of his three chances away, Newcastle win that game. Um, and to be fair, I don't know what you guys thought. I mean, I've criticised Steve Bruce a lot, but... Uh, I'm starting to think Mikel Arteta in all that because we, I wouldn't say we bossed the game, but I thought we were the better side by a mile. To be honest with you, no, trying not to be too disrespectful, but it were a very poor game. Oh, it were a poor games, game. Two yeah. poor sides. Definitely. Um, I saw a better team. I said to you, I had this horrible, well, not horrible feeling, but I had a funny feeling that you were going to nick it. And like I say, Carroll had put one of them chances away, then you should have nicked it, really. Yeah, free, free sort of sitters, really. Um, I just think Arteta tries to play a style that he doesn't have the players for uh, and he's not, he doesn't adapt, really. And I just think that's why they look poor. Uh, I think this, they've shown that um, the stats prove that Arsenal are actually worse. Since he took over, he's got yeah. to sort the Aubameyang situation out for me. I don't mean the contract. I mean a position where you know, you know yourself. On his day, he's one of the best strikers in the league, and they should be building that team round him. Because shoving him out wide, I don't know if it's the answer. I think when he's played dark middle, especially in the early days when he was at Dortmund, he was so dangerous. Oh, he is, but I don't know what it is about him, though, because I don't necessarily think that he's doing much diff- doing anything any different with him. I just and, and and I'm not trying to suggest he's down tools or anything, because I don't think he has. He's, he's captain, and generally he does always put a shift in, but for whatever reason, it seems to be that since he signed his contract, he just looks terrible, and the, and they're just lucky that Lacazette seems to have stepped up a bit, because... They've got a lot of strikers though that are similar players. In, well, not similar players. Well, yeah, similar players. You've got obviously Enketia, um <clears throat> You've got people like Wide. You've got Pepe. You've got Willian. They just don't seem to be able to come up with some kind of solution to fit 
what how they want to do it. I think no, I think Atta just got away that he wants to play and he ain't got the players to fit, basically. It's as simple as that. I, I mean, Arsenal fought for a number of years and, and the, the, they seem to sign the same types of player. Taking Thomas Party out of it uh, this summer, they sign nice players. They're too nice. They've got no nobody with a bit of grit, a bit of steel, a bit of fight about them. There's nobody... Rally in that changing room, is there? You know, like Patrick no. Dean esque. There's, there's nobody there. And for me, that's a massive sort of recruitment error that they haven't got a few characters, a few, you know, leaders in that dressing room. I mean, Abam, Yang's your captain. Can it's you not, see him rallying? No, that's a poor know, choice for me. He's, he's, a, he's a top quality player on his day, but, you know, he's not going to get in there and. Smash some heads together and, and get get them well, going. I heard him said um, other day, and I don't know why he hasn't done it. But I heard him say about Kieran Tierney. Go for me, he's their best player um, to be their potential captain. Mm. Maybe he's a bit too young for it. A minute though. Well, I think that's probably the reason why he hasn't. I think in another four or five years down the line, because I'm presuming Andy Robertson's a bit older than him. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, it could be because I think I, I liked him when he was at Celtic, to be honest with you. But I've seen him last few games for Arsenal, and he, he stands head and shoulders above most of that team. Well, he is doing lately, but but I've seen a few games where he's been absolutely shocking. Yeah. So is it a miss? But having said that, Arsenal as a whole are in miss out of the Yeah. But to... players like that they need to be building around him, Bamiang. Um, Party and they need to fit it round everybody else. <clears throat> I'd like to touch on and get your thoughts on another player in that side because to me, I, I I don't know um, who made the decision to spend the money that they did on him, but that Nicola Pepe for me, if it, he doesn't <clears throat> look nowhere near Premier League quality, never mind. <clears throat> no, he looks terrible. Did you have you seen what um, Wilfred Zaha said about him recently? No. no. Well. Uh, Wilfred Zaha oh, apparently had time. some interview with some some news agencies saying, yeah, that apparently um, they'd agreed terms with him. He said he was going to move, etc., etc. And then eleventh hour, they basically pulled out Zaha deal and signed Pepe instead. Well, so I don't know what that's about. Awful. Seventy odd million for a player, and yeah, shocking. At the time, Arsenal said that they had no money, they had no transfer funds, and then all of a sudden they found <clears throat> no, they didn't just sign somebody for 10, 15 million, they signed him for 72. So it was big 72 shock million me. on tick for about 10 years. Yeah, probably. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. But uh, I'm, I'm watching Arsenal weekly, and, and uh, for me, Arteta, I'm not sure, but we'll see. Anyway, uh, jumping on to another one of my favourite managers, uh, Manu nicking a win at uh, Watford. Uh, any of you watched that game at all? Yeah, um, very, very poor game again. Um, I think when Manu scored first, I think I had like nightmares because Tomini scored early. Just brought back <laughs> bad memories. But to be fair to Watford, um, they get it, it the go, but they just didn't have enough quality in that final third to, to work, Manuel, but 
they stumbled over that line and uh, they got through. Yeah, they keep they keep getting these these wins where they're not uh, putting the Leeds result aside. I think they aren't really impressed, but they're, they're picking up wins again. It, I just keep flashing back to last season and it's going to blow up again. But maybe it isn't this year. We'll see. But um, we can only hope, can't we? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. We'll skip to uh, we'll touch on uh, Sunday's games and um, we'll go. But before you do though, uh, oh. uh, and. An honourable mention for um, Everton-Rotherham game. Yes, I was um, going to mention that. I thought Rotherham played really well. Yeah, they did. And that it's a, it's a shame, that game. It went to extra time. And um, in the 90s, that could have gone either way, really. Um, but yeah, so I think Rotherham did really well there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, for the first 20 minutes or so, they peppered them, didn't they? Yeah, they did, yeah. Well, well up for the game and... Uh, for a team we, you know, sort of small club like Rotherham to, you know, it were a, a weak Everton size. A lot of first teamers played there. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, definitely an honourable mention for Rotherham. <laughs> so we'll go on to the the big giant killing uh, on Sunday, uh, which was Charlie. I mean Crawley uh, beating Leeds three 0 Now I'm off, lads. Here. <laughs> I think we we sort of all. Thought there could be some up there, but we 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 sort of thought mm, a scrappy game, a one nil either side or something like that. But a yeah, sort of hammering in some respects. Yeah, so I mean, before game, I, I I did. If I'm honest, I did fancy Crawley to to beat them, but but I I thought it'd be um, a, a really scrappy game and just a bit of a battle, and they'd get um you know it'd be a set piece. A, a corner, something like that, you know, just get an head, get head onto a corner or something and nick a, a, a one nil or maybe nick a two one. But I, I, I didn't, I couldn't have predicted how dominant that there would have been in that game. F- for me, they were the, the, the better team by an absolute country mile. <clears throat> well, and if, so, if you're so, watching the two teams and you didn't, and you are not from the UK, and you didn't know who them teams were and where they were were in the league, you would never know that there was such a gulf. Well, first of all, um, Ox, you know on uh, Football Manager where <clears throat> under eight, under twenty threes and under eighteens, and you got that option whether you want to enter a competition. Yeah. Well, I'm decided that if Leeds get the option not to enter FA Cup next year, <laughs> um, just not bother doing it. <laughs> Because just save me all asshole, really. Um, well, there's some. Uh, <clears throat> some somebody said that uh, for four years on trot, Leeds have failed to get past first, third round or something. It's not some. It's uh, it's a bad statistic, put it that way. But to start off beginning, really, I looked at the line because I can't even give an excuse saying we put a bad side out because we didn't. Um, I was a bit confused. At the starting lineup, in terms of we had four left-footed, centre, uh, four left-footed defenders. Um, I wasn't quite sure who we were playing where. Um, we had a, we started off with a back three, and he put Phillips in that back three, which, in my opinion, was a was a bad move. But I think other thing as well is um, <clears throat> a lot of Leeds fans don't criticise Bielsa, but. I have to hold him entirely responsible for that defeat because 
certain players were playing in certain positions. You see, in the first half, we didn't do too bad. I won't say we were brilliant, but we were dominant on ball. Um, and I think second half, we odd change here or there, maybe at back end, we might have uh, we might have won that game. But I think what made it worse than three changes at half time that they would I, 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 for about fifteen minutes in game. I'm thinking. I'm still thinking. Why has he made these changes? Because he takes Rodrigo off, he takes Liam Cooper off, and he takes uh, Struick off. So he took two of his centre halves off. So he took his, he took the height out of the team, and then the only striker we had took him off and put Jack Harrison up there. It, it seems to me the changes that he made were changes were changes that he maybe had in mind that he were going to do from the start of the game but working on the assumption that you'd have the game sewn up by half-time. Even, even so, mate, right? And then it got to half-time, and he still made them. Well, what got me was, it, that it, end of the day, sometimes, you'll know your sense being managers in grassroots. You, you predict your substitutions depending on the game, don't you? Yeah, of course you do. And what got me was, the, sub, the substitutions that he made... Um, were at the wrong time or the wrong personnel. So if he's going to make them kind of substitutions, now for me, like Rodrigo, for example, the only recognised striker we had on that bench yesterday were, were young Sam Greenwood. And he didn't when he fetched him on at the end, he put him in midfield. So I think if you're planning a substitution, at least like for like, and then the problem was when he puts the other two young lads on, um, the, it was like a rabbit in the headlights. It was not the kind of game to introduce him. Um, they needed that experience round him, and I just, I think some of the players that we selected, um, like for me, what I would have done personally, I'd have probably someone like Pascal Struick. We need him for Saturday because of Phillips being suspended. Because the other thing was, well, we actually changed the system. We didn't play the normal. Because we had the back three, normally we've got the back four with the two wing backs. So we actually had a player missing in middle of the park. Well, yeah, you can look at it like that. But then also you can look at it back and say, well, you got you kind of got pinned back. So Phillips were forced to play there. Whereas if you were on the front foot and you're going forward, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that Phillips would have stepped into midfield. But that's what if he'd have played there from the start and played someone like Lokalin there, then I think it might not have been as bad. Um, because, like I said, first half we were okay, but once we made them changes, bang, bang, and then that were it. And then to add insult into injury, it fetches Mark Wright on. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not just... I'm not kidding you, right? It could have fetched. He could have fetched Gemma Collins on at half-time and we'd have still lost. Like I, like I said to you, mate, I, I just think that we all will in world. You, you can plan it as much as you want and you can plan it, but you know full well that you can have a plan in place, but if things are not going according to plan, you alter your plan. And what I mean by that is, for example... Right in 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 Spurs' game, he played Toby Alderweireld and he played Sissoko. Now they play in ninety percent of the games, so we wanted to start strong, so we did. Now that's what Leeds did, and I always and I and 
I think that, like Mourinho will have said, if we get to if we get this game won in the first half, we'll take these players off. But do you think that if it were nil nil, do you think he'd have taken them off? No, I don't think he did. He would have done. Now, I think Bielsa probably had in his mind, if we can, you know, make this game comfortable at half time, I will take off. Because I can understand him taking the players off that he took off if you win in the game. Plus the fact that it's nil nil, it doesn't make sense. You adjust your plan. Plus, as, as well, the fact you have got one useless imbecile in that net that we had like yesterday as well. Well, that didn't help, to be fair. No, because um, he's awful. Yeah, he is, I agree, but I still think you lose that game. Oh, yeah, but I expected him to make changes. I didn't expect him to make that many, but he, like I said, he, you look at someone like Rafinha, who obviously has been a, quite an impressive signing and player for us, and if... I don't know. I just, like I say, I think a lot of Leeds fans don't are afraid to criticise Bielsa, but yesterday... Um, all managers have their off days, but he has to be totally to blame for that for me. Well, as we've as we've said, and I, I don't I did we touch on it last week? And I said when when it was Spurs and Leeds game, and um, he um, this at this point, like Leeds are like three 0 down at game, and all commentators are saying, oh, "I've got to add my Leeds. It's brilliant. Look at them, the three 0 down, and they're still doing this, and still doing that, and still doing other, and they're still piling forward." And I said, "You can look at look at it in two ways. You can say, yeah, it's brilliant that he's playing like that, but for me, yeah, it's good to watch, but it's also very naive. And I think that this isn't the first time he's been guilty of that this season. It's just that more people are." highlighting it because of the nature of who you got beat by? Well, I looked at going on to past um, cup defeats that we had were Sutton and Easton. And I looked at the lineups for them two games uh, on Saturday. And their line, the lineups for them two games, we were far weaker than what we were yesterday. So I see yesterday's game as probably worse cup performance for a long time well yeah yeah and I understand like you said there were no ailing I understand why I'm playing because for me he's been your best player this season so yeah give him a rest I understand why he wanted to take because Liam Cooper off didn't he at half time I understand why he wanted to take Liam Cooper off at half time I get that because he's quite important in that back line so I understand that but you know, the fact the of the matter is, the team on paper was still by far good enough to beat Crawley on oh, that Oh, yeah, day. we out. And that's the disappointing thing about it. And Because the other thing disappointing is, really, I think if you if I say, for example, we were, I don't know, at bottom three, then I don't think I'd have been a disappointment to lose yesterday. But it's the fact that we're 12. Um, so you're comfortable. You're not going to go down. Exactly. You're why, safe. Yeah. Have a but, go. Yeah, which we did, but I, I don't know. I, I just think some of the personnel that we used were just used wrong. Um, and like I said, the timings and, and everything else about it. And well, like I said, because um, people are going to turn around and go, well, yeah, your main priority is league. Yeah, it is. But the, for the position, league position we were in, 
there was no reason why we couldn't have had a good crack at it. And no, that's if, the if, thing about it. If you if you Fulham, for example, yeah, you'd want to lose. Well, not you'll not want to lose, but you won't be disappointed if you got knocked out. I was saying when we were in no, Cup, but... uh, Carling Cup when we lost to Hull early in the season, I went disappointed. Well, I was disappointed, but I, you know, do you know what I mean? You've got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, but that's if, if, if you'd have lost to Hull in first round uh, Carling Cup, had it been in October, November, if it had been later on, it's. Yeah, they'd probably be more disappointed. You'd have been more disappointed yeah. because then you'd have been able to gauge what you're going to be like in Premier it's League. It's a prestigious cup in the day, FA Cup, and I can't remember the last time we got any third round. i tell you something, the talk about Man United can't get past the semi, we can't get past third base. No. Well, well yeah, but to be fair, I know it, it sounds like a shit statistic, but... In I think at least two of them, four years you've had you've been in like um, championship and you've had decent Premier League opposition as I recall. So it's yeah, a bit of a you Arsenal can make statistics. You can make statistics. Say what you want is my point. Yeah, we played Arsenal last year. Um, like I say, well, you know that game we we probably should have won that one, but I don't know. I always get this when you go to lower league clubs because. I'm not, well, I don't know what you... But you must have had a little bit of worry yesterday in case it went wrong. Oh, yeah, you do. And I, I think that you're genuinely more nervous when you're playing against a team like that um, than you are when you're playing Premier League opposition because you know that... Well, basically, because if you get beat, it's embarrassing. Yeah. And And you know that it is the game of their lives. They're all going to play above the Sens. They're all... You're not... It doesn't matter... You, you, basically, you're just not going to match them for effort. Well, you're that's not. why it's such a great club. It's such a great competition. And like I say, I'm, I'm disappointed we got knocked out. And end of the day now, we've, we, we, move on to, uh, we move on to Brighton on Saturday. And as you've both seen today uh, that I've sent you, the uh, Bielsa's just Steve McLaren with a bucket. No. <laughs> rubbish. Absolute rubbish. <laughs> I didn't say that in the comment, did I, when I replied, but that's absolutely garbage. Anyway, we will move on to uh, Tottenham Marine. Um, the build-up to this game, obviously, fantastic. You know, uh, everything that's gone on with it. Jamie Carragher getting involved, you know, all the Tottenham fans donating the money for the virtual tickets and, and things like that. Obviously, uh, a club like Marine in such a low level, it, it obviously it was fantastic. And to be fair, first 15 minutes, I thought they did well, they coped well. And then obviously, you know, a couple of quick fire goals finishes that game. But it, if they'd have kept it to 1-0 for a bit longer and, uh, you know, and kept in that game a little bit longer till half-time or something. You never know, but at 3-0, the game was dead. Well, they, yeah. they, they hit bad, didn't they, first off? They did. <laughs> they, they, yeah. they had a breakaway <clears throat> about 55 yards out, yeah. and he hit it. it was one of them, I think he looked and he saw the one obdu up with him, and he just thought, I'm having a go, I could be here away. Yeah. And he hit it, and I think, and Joart kind of looked and thought, it's going over that. Pulled his hands out at way, and then suddenly he pulled his hands out at way, and it dipped. And I think Joe Hart shitty some basically, and then it, but it, luckily it 
top end at bar and bounce, and then he had to palm it over. I think I think um, it's, it's spirit to FA Cup, and it. I think that just that game just summed it all up in in one sentence, in one breath. Really, it were like. You, yeah, if you had to describe to somebody from another country what FA Cup were all about, that game yeah, is exactly that. Yeah, it were like, because he got some stick wig, yeah. Vinicius, you know when he scored goal and he did Mbappe celebration? Yeah. Tapped him from a yard. And there was another one today, I don't know if you've seen it, where uh, somebody tweeted, uh, oh, yeah, I'm watching Gareth Bale in my back garden, and then he's tweeted back, and he? Bale has, has he? Has he? Yeah. I haven't seen he's that. Tweet, he's put an he's put a hand gesture on his uh, emoji hand gesture on his tweet back. But yeah, it's like it's, this lad's taking a picture and he's watching Gareth Bale in his back garden. Yeah, oh yeah, um, brilliant. It's just yeah, and then they'll play music and no, it's it's it was brilliant and obviously it sounds like they've made they were saying yesterday I think they've made enough money to keep them going for the next twenty years or something. And well, they got they got some decent because I think one of their <laughs> The, the the match day sponsor pulled out, yeah, um, because there's not going to be any fans there. So Jamie Carragher stepped in and did something to do with uh, JC23 for, uh, Foundation, and then um, they did this virtual ticket thing, as as you know. So I think they said that they were going to potentially be allowed 500 fans in ground, and then obviously because of the change at um, tears and stuff that they weren't allowed any so they did a virtual ticket a 10 pound a ticket um, and they were hoping to match the best ever attendance um and it was something like 2500 anyway they sold over 30,000 tickets at 10 pound a ticket so that's 300,000 quid um and on top of that they had program and scarf sales and stuff like that yeah and they must have been they must have been popular because I, I went on myself to try and buy a programme and then sold out. Yeah. So, well, I better go back out load. So, if you think ticket sales alone, they've made 300 grand plus sponsors and TV money. Yeah. And it's said that it's, that it's potentially not enough money to keep that club running for decades. Yeah. And that's what FA Cup's all about. That's it. No. No, that's it. It's, it's brilliant. It's, uh, like I said, I, uh, I didn't try it. You know, volunteers and bin men playing up front and proper grassroots, lower league football. And for me, you can't beat that. Absolutely. I would, to be fair, and I would have liked, as long as Spurs went through, I would have liked for him to get a goal. Yeah. Uh, it, would have, it would have capped it off for him. Yeah, exactly. I think, it'd kick your, I think if they score first, it would kick your up backside and it would have been, uh, it made it even better. Oh yeah, it would have been a, an even better game then. But I think that, to be fair, even after half an hour into that game, you could see that their lads were knackered because they were yeah. just chasing shadows. Yeah. And it was only a matter of time, really. And I know the it bar, but even if it were gone, it wouldn't have changed result. No, really. They just made it like so. It would have just made it interesting and a bit a bit of squeaky bum time. That's all. Yeah. No, it was good. Really good. But yeah, he was really good. I, I do like them occasions, and that that's the exact sort of game that when they're doing the draw, they're the sort of game that you want to get. I always want, obviously, be, um, Spurs being a London club and me living up, up north, I always like look out for them to try and to hopefully draw a team from. Oh, I know. I know. Marine's not really my neck at woods as such, 
um, to draw a team like that because I love to go to grounds like that. So it would obviously just a, a massive, massive shame that there were no fans allowed there to see it. Well, you know, a, a, a quite a few Spurs fans, you know, were saying, um, um, oh, that house on number 23, it looks like they could do we, um, um, the roof scene to and uh, <laughs> this, this, that, other. And um, one of them houses on that street, they, um, this, they've got that, they sell the drivers a parking space, blah, 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 blah. They're trying to. That. Yeah, they were trying to find inventive ways to get to go and see a game. Um, but yeah, it's just a shame nobody could be there, really. But yeah. for a good occasion. Um, and that, that's off to Tottenham fans as well, because they took it on board and ran with it and, and sort of bought all them tickets as well. So Yeah, absolutely. It exceeded all expectations, basically. That really, for me, I think. Um, obviously, Everton and Liverpool helping Marina, best they could as well. That were a bit of... Bit of nice, nice touch to it as well. So yeah, I think Everton let them use the facilities, yeah, the facilities didn't they? Exactly. So um, because they're, um, and it, it weren't just, it was because basically the Marines' training ground were pretty much just a bog because of all that um, shit well, weather could, we've been having. Could use the pitch because of weather, and then any like leisure centres for like AstroTurf, they're all, they're all closed. They're all closed. So yeah. Everton stepped in and said, "You're welcome to use our training facilities." So. It must have been, a, a, for the Marine players, it must have been the best week of their lives, really. You know, going, not just the game, but building up to the game and the week before it, training at a Premier League club's training facilities. And oh, they'll, they'll remember it forever, won't they? You know. Absolutely, yeah. Which is why it's, it's a shame that they didn't grab a goal. Yeah, something to celebrate. and Yeah. But yeah, I, I I love games like that, and I full, fully enjoyed watching that. To be fair, so any uh, standout um, fixtures in the draw that you've seen? I'll, I'll have a quick run through of the fourth round draw. We've got uh, Char- sure, Manuel Liverpool on it. Manuel yeah, in that to you. Um, yeah, that's the best one, I think. I think uh, obviously we've touched on uh, Charlie against Wolves. Um, being a, you know proper cup tie again. You've got Cheltenham Town against Man City. Um, it's a big draw for them, obviously. Um, nothing else really jumps out. Chelsea versus Luton. Possibility there of an upset, maybe. Who knows? Um, and then nothing really else stands out. We've got Wickham, obviously, at, at home to Tottenham as well. So another quite interesting game there. But... Uh, Obviously, they've drawn the fifth round as well, but we'll not we'll not delve uh, too far into that until we get there. Oh, there's too many different uh, uh, variants in there. Yeah, could, exactly, fifth yeah. round games could be anything. Yeah. So, and there's still obviously one cup tie to be played, which is Southampton or Shrewsbury. Uh, um, you know, again, another proper cup tie for me there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's been. I'm not usually a fan betting wise of the FA Cup because you, you know I can't have my normal Saturday hacker, but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed watching them. And obviously there were uh, West Ham and, and Stockport County tonight, and West Ham just just sneaking through. Uh, There's a few of us that wanted uh, Stockport win there, but yeah, P- uh, proper FA Cup pitch that one as well. 
Well, I, I quite like their ground, to be fair. I've been to their ground before. It's uh, oh, oh, the, pitch were, the pitch were abysmal, though, today. A few, uh, few contenders for uh, bad pitches this weekend. Well, that, uh, funnily enough, that, that pitch today, right, If even at grassroots level, if that pitch were inspected before oh, no. kick-off, they wouldn't have played that game. No, that, far, that bottom far corner where, uh, where Stockport were attacking tonight, Jesus Christ, but... Standing water on there. Yeah, they were literally puddles. Yeah. Well, that was bad. Yeah. The magic of the cup. Definitely. Indeed. Anyway, we'll we'll skip ahead. We'll have a a quick look at the uh, the coming weeks fixtures. Obviously, starting tomorrow. Really. Um, um, obviously, I mentioned last week that uh, you're going to see Sheffield United's first win of the season. <laughs> uh, so if you if Going into Sky Sports uh, tomorrow night at six pm, you'll you'll get to see that. Um, and then we've got Burnley at home to Manchester United and Wolves at home to Everton tomorrow. What's your thoughts on them sort of games, gents? Well, yours are going to be interesting actually, because I don't know. I think you both, you well, you both got to win really, because I think if you don't win that game, you could be in serious trouble. Um, and if Sheffield United don't win, then I know they're probably down anyway. But if they don't win that game, then well, you just cannot. Also, they're definitely down, but you just you cannot see them coming back. But well, if they don't win that game, they'll definitely win at weekend. Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> but it's that. I don't know. It, Newcastle are going to look at that, and they don't want to be dragged into that that relegation battle. So it's got to be a game where Bruce has got to be a bit more, I won't say inventive, but slightly more attacking against a team that's obviously mm. two points oh. all season. They've been struggling to score goals and I think he's going back to FA Cup, but he's got three goals this weekend in FA Cup and I know they were playing um, lower league opposition, but it could be um, a bit of a springboard for him, so. Well, that's it. That, that's it, that's this, why it's going to be a really interesting game. That's why it's going to be intriguing. Um, like I said, it'll probably not be the prettiest. Um, but in terms of who's going to win, I can't call it to be honest. Um, no, it, it really. You could see Newcastle potentially wiping floor with him, but you could see Sheffield United winning. So it's a bit cliche, but it could go either way. One 0 Sheffield United. Um, my favourite manager said today that uh, Newcastle aren't in a relegation battle. Uh, and if you look at the table and you lose tomorrow, you're getting cut adrift from 14th place and you're very much in a relegation battle. So mm. he's, uh, he's full of knowledge as ever, is my next <laughs> thing. Um, anyway, uh, Burnley Man United. It's, it's a, an interesting game, this, I think. Cause Man you know, Manuel turn, turn up. Yeah, the I've got a sneaky feeling for Burnley on this one, me. I don't, I don't know why. I, I just think that, like you said, Manu have been getting some wins where they've been not particularly pretty. They've, they've sneaked odd one nil here and there. Or they've scored, they've won with a really late goal or whatever. Burnley won't give them that time. Burnley, make no mistake, Burnley are, are out for a battle. Um, midweek game, under lights as well. I, I fancy Burnley to nick this one, me. 
I could I could see it. I could see it be interesting. That um, uh, quite a tasty game, I think. Wolves against Everton. Obviously, Wolves sort of not been on great form this year. Um, starting to pick up a little bit. Obviously, missing a few big players with uh, Jimenez and and whatnot. Um, so Everton, the sort of look really good one week and then next week seem to struggle a little bit. Um, I, 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 all I, I know. I think this game is very similar in one way to Sheffield United Newcastle game, in which that it could go any way, and I can't really call it. But it's poles apart in the way that I think it'll be a, a really entertaining open game. Yeah. Whereas I think Sheffield United Newcastle game will be well shite. Absolutely, the worst game at year. I'm swaying more towards. I'm swaying more towards Wolves to be honest with you because um, I watched Everton on Saturday and, like I said, Rotherham dominate a lot of that game. Um, obviously, they're missing Calvert Lewin, Richarlison because Calvert Lewin's missing tomorrow as well, and that could be a big loss to Everton because he's been their best player for me by a mile this year, and where he holds ball up and gets others into play and. I think Wolves have got enough quality going forward to really hurt Everton. So, James Rodriguez is back though, so that's, yeah. a, that's a plus thing. It's just that centre forward link up play and check check Tosson didn't do too bad Saturday, but you're talking better defence in Wolves and Rotherham. So I, I, I think it'll be close, but I'm swaying towards Wolves if I'm honest. Interesting. Mm, see, Wolves have got their problems though because Jimenez, they're in the same yeah. boat. I, I see more goals. I think in their team, I see more goals from other areas like Neto and um, like Drawe's picked back up again last couple of weeks, and I just and they've got a bit more quality. I think uh, midfield. So I like. I think it'll be close, but like I said, I think Wolves will just nick it. Mm, mm, interesting. Moving on to Wednesday, then we've got two games. We've got Man City against Brighton and Tottenham against Fulham. Um, for me, Brighton have been poor. Um, I can only see Man City winning that. They seem to be gaining a little bit of steam. Um, you know, yeah, I think Brighton started the season playing some really good football. To be fair, um, and they've kind of gone, they've gone backwards, and they look poor now. Whereas Man City started poor, and they're getting better. So I think it's the worst possible time for Brighton to meet Man City and I think it'd be a comfortable Man City win. Yeah, I agree with that. I watched Brighton last night and they played all right, but you're talking different kettle of fish for Man City, especially at the moment. And Brighton have got a few players missing as well. Um, yeah, a bit of formality for me, City. Yeah, it should be. And then we've got Spurs and Tottenham now. If... Fulham and have had this sort of COVID uh, drama over the last week or so. I'd be saying this would, would be an interesting game because uh, Fulham are starting to pick up, starting to look like an half-decent side. Got some good players, but you don't know who's going to be available and you don't know how it's affected them. I know Newcastle's problems from a month, six weeks ago are still lingering on. There's still players missing, uh, still players struggling with it. So... 
It's a bit of a funny one this game because we're supposed to we were supposed to be playing Villa. Yes, you were. Yes. Um, and then up until yesterday, it was still going to be Villa. Then it gets postponed, and the at the same time postpone it. They put Fulham game in there, or they were gonna. But then it depended on Fulham's game at weekend being moved as well, and um, Fulham are a bit pissed off that they've had to play because they'd have played a different team in um, FA Cup, and so there's a bit of animosity there, which would make it a bit bit tastier than usual. Um, yeah, they're both London clubs and rivals as such. They're not they don't dislike or hate each other really, but there's a bit it's a bit of a a bit of a derby sort of game. Bit of animosity there. Could be interesting. Um it, in reality Spurs should win this game. But as you, as I say, it's derby game, so you just never know. I think if they turn up with right frame and mind like they did yesterday, then Obviously, Kane's been Kane's fresh, Son's fresh. Um, you'd expect him to win at least two or three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one game on Thursday, Arsenal uh, against Crystal Palace. Um, obviously, we've 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 had a little bit of a say on Arsenal and and Palace. Uh, these are the sort of games that they seem to nick points in, and it's a massive six pointer in this relegation battle. Yeah, yeah, but Palace like these games, and I think sometimes it's a bit weird with Palace because sometimes these games seem to really suit Palace, but sometimes they're a massive letdown in these sort of games. But if they've if they've got um, Aze and um, Zahar, and them two are on form against the Arsenal defence, that could cause them big problems. But it's all about them too for me, because uh, they haven't really got m- many people else that can that can cause trouble. They've not hit form last few weeks, so have the Palace and no. And this why this game. If I had to make a prediction, I'd probably say draw because obviously, apart from Arsenal um, in the when other the play last, oh uh, Newcastle, they've won three on bounce, didn't they? And mm. You just if Arsenal turn up to what they can, they should win. But like I said, Palace can do suit them types of games, so it could be interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd have to say draw me. Yeah. I, I fancy an Arsenal win, but I don't think it'll be a comfortable win. Just yeah. by just by a goal, a bit edgy. Yeah. It's uh, it's a bit of a, a, a sort of a weird game week because there's sort of two game weeks in one really. You've got a mini sort of midweek, and then and then you're going into you're going into weekend fixtures as well. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you know not everybody playing twice or whatever, but uh, best sort of weeks game every day. Yeah, it, it, that's how it's shaping up. There's not one on Friday. Not but, one on Friday, but but other but, than that, it's 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 pretty good for TV viewing, like. Um, and then we'll go into weekend's games. We'll not go through them all, but I'll pick a few out that, that interest me. Um, so we've got Leeds and Brighton. Uh, we're talking about this game at work today, and I think this this will be an interesting game, depending on sort of what happens in the Brighton-Man City game midweek. Um, you know, and obviously Leeds have got to come out and correct the, uh, the wrong at the weekend. Uh, 
Well, I'm expecting a reaction, a big reaction. Uh, I think we're going to have players coming back into the side that have obviously had a rest. Bamford, Ailing, Click, Dallas. Um, obviously, Phillips is suspended uh, anyway. But Brighton um, obviously played 120 minutes last night, which we, they were near enough full strength because they've got four or five missing. Then they've got to go to City and then they've got to come to us. So I'm not saying we're definitely going to win, but I think in my hopefully we'll see you'll see a reaction, and I, I think, think that that will get you a positive result. Yeah, I think odds stack in our favour because I was a bit I didn't know if Tarek Lamptey were going to be back because he's a massive player for them, and I think he's out for a while, isn't he? He's out for a bit, and they've lost Connolly um, as well, who I don't like. Um, but to play 120 minutes last night, to then go to City, to then come to us. Um, like I say, I think with that freshness we've had, I think it'll get them a kick up backside. Um, and yeah, I'm like I say, I'd, I'd, I'd like to fancy us really for that game. Yeah, definitely yeah. fancy Leeds for that one. Agree with that. And then obviously we just mentioned Fulham, they take on Chelsea. Obviously, similar sort of scenario to Brighton really. They've got COVID on top of that, playing quite a tough run of fixtures, um, which makes tomorrow night's game at Newcastle, Sheffield United seem a bit more important. If you lose that, uh, and you're, then you're hoping Fulham sort of lose two. If you win could, that, you know, you, you, you put in a bit of a buffer there. And This could be similar to um, the Liverpool, when they play Liverpool, for me, because I think Fulham will probably look at Chelsea, especially in recent weeks, and look, that, and look like they can, especially when being at home, Look at them and think we can get at them. I don't yeah, think it, it, I don't in think two it. ways. I think that they'll think, in many ways, it's a free it, so pressure's off. Yeah, we can absolutely get at them. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying they'll beat Chelsea, but I won't be shocked if they get a result. It's a, it's a derby, it's the big derby for them. Um, Chelsea aren't on form at all. Yeah, it's a good time to play Chelsea for, for them. Um, like I said, depending on what happens against Spurs, um, which obviously I can understand why they're probably a bit reluctant to play that game, but if they have to, they have to. But, um, but yeah, it um, could be interesting, that. I, yeah, I fancy a Chelsea win, to be fair. I, but, I, think, I think they will. But, but it wouldn't shock both. me if Fulham got something. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I have to agree with that. Interesting, interesting. And rounding up the Saturday fixtures, we've got a title challenge game. Um, Leicester versus Southampton. Who would have thought you'd been saying that at the start of the season? But, uh, you know, they're both in there with top four chances, certainly. Um, I've been really impressed with Southampton recently. Leicester, for me, have been a bit up and down, but they seem to, you know, hit a run of form and get a couple of wins. And then before they have a, a mini sort of downturn in form so they're staying steady where they are at minute and only a point off top um, I've just got a feeling for Southampton in this one I think their trade's just going to keep rolling for a bit I think opposite me I think um, I think Leicester will, will beat them I think they'll fall into the same sort of trap that Southampton did against Spurs um, and Vardy will get in behind them and um, Leicester will win this game I think yeah, I fancy Leicester, to be honest. I think uh, they've just got a bit more quality than Southampton. And 
I, I think they'll give him a game, but I, yeah, I, I fancy Leicester. I'm, I kind of saw it news today. The Southampton, uh, we were we're supposed to play Southampton after Brighton, um, but it's looking like they're going to postpone it and play the FA Cup game, which couldn't be a bad thing, really, dropping on Southampton at the moment. No. Mm. And uh, we move on to Sunday. Um, the Liverpool versus Manuel game stands out um, on that. That's uh, that's a, a big game. Uh, you know, top two in league. Uh, if if Manuel can sneak a win there, it. it I think it just depends on how they both turn up because. Normally, over the last year or two, you'd have probably you'd have, you'd have said Liverpool all day long, but Liverpool have been indifferent last few weeks. Man United, you just if the Man United of because there's been times when Man United have been had to go to somewhere like Man City in recent years, and they've they've, they've got a decent record, and you go into the game before it, you think oh, they've got no chance, they'll not get out at Man City, and then they're going to beat them. And this is the kind of game where if they do, they're kind of the same. Yeah, I think with Liverpool's injury problems at back, I definitely think Manu can cause them a lot of problems. But if that front three of Liverpool's click, then uh, exactly they'll de- they'll definitely cause um, Manu problems. To be honest so with you, I it can't could be a free-free this game. It could be out. Yeah, I, I can't. The problem you've got is sometimes with these games they get built up and they're absolutely dire, but they're not the best both of them defensively. So. You can't see any reason why, like we've just said, it would be a nice scoring game. I hope so. I, I, I hope it is a nice scoring game. Um, just an entertaining game. For me, I, I don't care who wins game because ultimately, if they're both level on points, which they potentially could be at that point, then it doesn't really matter who wins, does it? So it really could go either way. I can't call. I, I I'd have to say draw. I, I don't think I can call it. Uh, yeah, I I can't call it really. I, I think if if Liverpool had um, Van Dijk, it'd absolutely it'd absolutely go for yeah I would. A, a Liverpool win. Um, but as as good as Fabinho's been at at the back, it's it's still only really a stopgap in it. And I, yeah. I just think that a bit of a makeshift defence. With Rashford, Martial running at you, I think the match the struggle. So I, I can't see um, either team keeping a clean sheet. Yeah, definitely. And Monday's game, we'll, we'll just gloss over. Uh, we've already discussed uh, last week's game, and it's Arsenal Newcastle. Uh, I think we'll all go for an Arsenal win on that. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we'll move on to a sort of a new new segment that uh, Mister Buell just introduced, uh, which is uh, trying to get some weekly questions in. We'll answer them as best we can, um, and we've had a few sent in this week. So, thank you for your questions. So, we will. Shall I say who sent them in as well? Yeah, might as well give a shout out. So, from Mr. William Jones, who's a, a dear friend of Mr. Buge's, I think, uh, as said, it's clear that some of you don't like Southgate's tactically inept approach to the England team, especially with it, with the attacking players available to him. What would all three of you think to the hypothetical appointment of Bielsa as England coach 
once his time at Leeds is over. Clearly a coach who gets the best from his players and loves attacking play. Opinions? Uh, I'll tell you what my opinion is. My opinion <laughs> is, is the exact opposite of Southgate. Whereas Southgate's too, too negative and he won't adjust his style of play to be more attacking against weaker teams, Bielsa's of the exact opposite where he'll go out all guns blazing against the bet- against everybody, yet he'll blow the lesser teams away. But if, you, if you're playing the, the Germany or you're playing Belgium, they'll just pick you off. So as naive as Southgate is, Bielsa, I also think he's naive but in the opposite way. So I don't think that would work either. You see, it, it's hard to judge really because I don't know, I can't remember his record off the top of my head, but... He was manager at Chile, weren't he? Yeah, um, very well with them. I don't, I can't remember. I can remember. Did he? I'm really going back here. Can you remember when the beaters two 0 at Wembley? Were it? Were it? Did Salas up front? Yeah, years back. Mm. Um, I don't no, know if Salas it, is going back, mate. Salas I'm, is early two thousands. Yeah, I'm. I seem to think he was manager. I'm no, happy. I'm not sure. Lexi Sanchez and. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I might have been that. I think it was that game actually, because I think the beaters. I think it was New Wembley. I think he scored in that game, um, and he must have been then. But the other one I was thinking back to when uh, I think he was um, manager of Argentina when they went to Olympics. Yes. And I, I don't know if the one did they win gold that. Yeah, I think they did. On it, time messes won it. I think in it. Yeah. Um, so he has had experience there, but the only thing I think of, I think I'm a bit, I'm a bit in between with this. I think one, he won't have the time like he does on a day-to-day basis of getting them fit and um, stamping that philosophy on him. Um, so I don't know if that bit would work for him. The other bit where you're saying about going forward and being too naive and. I think you've got to think as well, he's going to have better players available to him than what um, what he would have at Leeds. And you, you go to teams like Barcelona, for example, um, would you class them as naive? Because they get on the ball, they keep the ball. Yeah, but, yeah, but Barcelona playing against weak opponents every week, apart from when they play Atletico, Madrid or Real Madrid. In general, I know there's been a few this season that have stepped up a little bit, but generally they're playing against weak opponents. Well, they're not naive on a weekly basis where they're playing when they play around. When you've seen them in big games when they played English clubs and that, they've not been. They're all out attacking, aren't they? When, especially when like Guardiola were there, but they had the players to do it. And what I'm trying to get at is, I'm not saying England are going to have the players that Barcelona had, but maybe it won't be as disastrous. Um, when we played the big countries, and maybe what you were th- what you're thinking? Well, m- maybe not. But the thing is, if I we'd have better in- players in- keeping the ball, wouldn't we? End it. Yeah, down. but I think international management is vastly different to club management in the way that, <clears throat> like for example, we've said loads of times, haven't we? That what used to happen is, like. If you if you cast your mind back for say maybe three or four years or whatever, and England squad squad were pretty much predominantly Liverpool and Spurs players, right? And at that particular time, Liverpool and Spurs used to pretty much play in almost the same sort of way. 
Right, so, and the team were made up of them players. So when they went to international duty, it would make sense because that's how they're being trained day in, day out to play a particular style. That because the international coaches don't get very long with the players, they'll get a week, a week, a week with them, maybe three or four times a year. That it makes sense to kind of try and play that same sort of style. So in, in your short bursts, like the odd week here and there, is that enough time to get the message through to the players to play the way that he wants? Well, that's why I, I don't think it would be. Yeah, it it'd be interesting. Uh, I must admit, right? it'd be interesting, but, it? and it'd I'm definitely not, be better to watch. When I, when I first when I first heard about the, when I first saw the question, I was like, nah. But when I thought about it, I, it could go either way. I think it's. I think I said it when he were appointed at Leeds. Um, I remember saying to a couple of my friends, I said, we'd be else, so this could go either way. This could be an absolute disaster in terms of like when he had his short-term managerial appointments or it could be a stroke of genius. And apart from yesterday, <laughs> it's been a stroke of genius. Yeah. I don't I think that we've... I don't think we'd be any, any more or less successful but it'd definitely be more entertaining. Yeah. It'd be interesting. And at least at least when we got a disappointing result, it'd be because we'd made some stupid defensive error, but at least we're having a go. Well, there's there's, there's a couple of things as well that'd be it'd be funny because you know what you know he's like with press. You know what our press are like, especially England managers are, they try and slate them, don't they? They won't have much to go away with him. No. I no. think, uh, you know, my thoughts on it. I mean, he did well with Chile. He took them to a semi-final, I think, of a World Cup. Done well with Argentina. Um, I think if you put the players into a tactical style where they enjoyed playing it, I don't think it would take that long to sort of get them used to it. Um, but, you know, my view is... Any manager that comes in and says "fuck it, we're England, we're having a go," for me is a winner, um, and that's why I'm totally against Southgate. Uh, his team selections are dreadful. His tactics are dreadful. So somebody coming in who's got a bit of tactical uh, sort of a stamp of how he wants to play and it's attacking for me, I, I won't care if we went out and got beat six 0 by Spain if we we're having a go at them. It's it's same at Newcastle. I don't mind getting dicked 7-0 at Man City if we're having a go every week and we're winning like Leeds are. And I know, yeah, you can say it's naive and this and that, but if you're pretty safe in league and they're your free hits, have a go. That's why it's never it's never bothered me all season with us uh, at all when we when we got battered against Leicester, Palace. It's not bothered me because even my new game, and well, it should bother me with my new game, but I, I, I'm not one of them fans that I think, oh, what? It's his fault. Do you know what I mean? I, obviously, I blamed him for yesterday, but it's like, I can't, well, I won't say I've got over it, but um, I go on to Saturday now thinking, right, let's get back on. We're 12th in league, let's get back on it. And like I said, you've just said there, expect a reaction Saturday and we'll go again. And I, I still expect us to finish where we are. And that's the kind of manager, I think that's from a from a fan's point of view for me, we 
watching him last couple of years and how we've been playing, that's kind of... I think he's made everybody more positive. And I think, like you say, he brings that into the system and way we play as well. Yeah, it's a more positive style of play, which, which helps. It It's like they've been saying quite regular on Sky lately, like pundits and stuff like that, that it's okay adjusting your style of play and um, playing really conservatively and... Um, nicking a 1-0, that's all good and well while you're winning, but if you're not winning then you get your critics whereas if you're playing really expansive game and you lose the odd game by the odd goal then the critics are going to be less vocal so in in terms of results results not might not be any better but at least it's entertaining there's there's one thing as well. Um, if he did if he did took tech charge, I think Harry Kane would be worried because I think Patrick Bamford would take his play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no comment. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh, Mr. Jason France, uh, what do you all think about potentially having a winter break starting ASAP due to the country being on full lockdown for four weeks? I personally think it would only benefit the clubs. Uh, I'm a bit torn by this, to be honest. Um, m- most of me is saying no. Um, I think I think it's proven that we've got all, especially Premier League, more than anything. But it's proven that they've got all the testing procedures, um, the right protocols, and they're doing everything right. Um, I think one thing that's been a bit, well, I said disappointing, but end of the day they're human beings like everybody else I think the ones where they've been pictured in the problem is when you're a footballer you're recognised everywhere whether you're walking down the street or you're in somebody's house or whatever and because of the times that we're in they are the ones that are going to get recognised and I think the ones that have posted stuff on Snapchat Instagram at so and so's party I know it's Christmas I know it's New Year and they're entitled to have relaxation as much as anyone but don't post it all over social media because you're only going to get, you're only going to be made to look foolish. And end of the day, the footballers are putting on a show. They're, they're here to, like, so we, we've said before, haven't we? We aren't football for this lockdown, wherever long it's going to be. It, it'd kill us, wouldn't it? And, oh, I'd be bored to tears. And it's, do you know what I mean? And I just think that was a fucking show, wasn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, definitely, <laughs> and I just think they need to be a bit more. Um, they're getting paid a lot of money to entertain, and I just think they need to be a bit more, um, bit more careful. And I, I would say no. I think hopefully with this vaccine and it getting rolled out as quickly as it can. End of the day, especially when people talk about stuff like mental health at the moment. I know it's selfish for me to say in terms of like people are dying each day but I think if everything's done right and safe and I think as well if going on if any of these footballers are pictured in I don't know people's flats drinking or partying or whatever it next four to six weeks then I think the FA goes stamp down and and suspend them yeah I think they need to start take more actions with it but um, no good finding them because they can afford it. Well, yeah, they can as long. 
but if they find them that something relative to what the salary is, then they might think twice. It's no yeah. good finding them ten grand because that's because that, that's like yeah, finding well, you twenty you, quid. I think, I think you pay twenty quid for a good thing anyway. To, they need to stamp stamp big time on it. They need to if they do see someone on social media so and so's or if somebody it gets leaked in press or all like that then I think like I said a lot of people that don't like football want it to be stopped and they're saying well why can so and so go and play football and I can, they can't go and see the family and they've got to show a bit show a bit more of an example to me oh yeah they have but I mean in terms of having a a break it's all good and well. And I've heard a few managers on that say, like, I think Steve Bruce won, and there were, uh, who else has, has, thinks Sam Allardyce for another? There will have been more. I guess it with some managers, though, to be, to be honest, especially the older managers. Yeah, I, and it's like, th- th- what they're saying kind of makes, makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, they're putting themselves in, in, in more danger than everybody else. And they're doing it all in the need of entertainment. Now, what's important? Health or entertainment? So obviously, you've got to say health. But the problem is, it's all it's all good in principle. But the start of the season late fixture fixture list is shockingly congested as well at the minute. Anyway, you've got Euros in summer, and if you then have a, a week or two off, then you've got to postpone games. Yeah. Fixtures are going to be a nightmare. Yeah. All the players are going to be picking up loads of different loads of injuries. And then they might end up having to cancel or postpone the Euros thing well, again. So it's just what they've not got doable. To do, the other thing, what they've got to do, maybe as well, the FA, instead of if there is a, I won't say, if there's an outbreak of some kind, like Villa have been made to do this weekend and Derby have been made to do, I know it's Premier League and I know it's worth a lot of money. It'll get to a stage where they've got to turn around and say, right, you're going to have to play, no matter well, what you've got. It's double standards for me because what they've said is that with this Spurs and Villa game, they've said, what they did is they said to Villa, you've got, as far as I'm aware, originally they said, if you've got 14 players that are fit, as long as one of them is a goalkeeper, so 13 and a goalkeeper, you must play the game. Mm. So then they had a, a, what it, the first one was Fulham and that got called off, Right. So then everybody said, well, surely they've got 14 players that can play a game. So then you've got Villa, and then they said, right, there's been a massive outbreak. Right, OK, then, so you, can, you, can you feel the team at your under-23s and your under-18s? Yeah, for FA Cup. Yeah, well, you play the game. So they played game, and then they said, for the Spurs game on the Wednesday, they said, oh, no, not playing that game, we're calling that one off. Even but though you, you know played a weekend, you're calling it's, that off. To you know protect- what I mean? To protect the integrity of the competition, right? So, what about protecting the integrity of FA Cup? Because cast your mind back a few seasons, and wasn't one of the clubs actually fined for for fielding a really weak team in the FA Cup? It, it boils down to one thing, and it's money. Because yeah, you lose two or three of them. Say if you have, say if you've got two games where you have to play them kind of sides, and you lose them, that could be the difference between you either getting Champions League or your open or getting relegated and not getting relegated. And that's what it boils down to. Yeah, it could, but but like I said, with this with this Clubs Fulham, game, Fulham game against Spurs got called off. Villa game against Spurs got called off. If they'd not played this Fulham game now, then they've also had to postpone Fulham going Fulham game because the Spurs have got to um 
Mickey Mouse Cup final, right? So they've postponed that. So that's three postponed games. When are they going to fit them in? So for the integrity of the competition, they've postponed it. So what, why have a rule in first place? It says if you've got 14 players, you field a team. Yeah. It, it's double standards. I, I think we aren't going too much into it, basically. I would say no. I think they've got to try and ride it out, but they've just got to be a bit stricter um, in terms of rules and regulations. Oh, yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. Like, like, for example, there were a picture of three Spurs players um, of a Christmas party. What they should say is, right, okay, let's say say that Spurs had a massive outbreak and they couldn't field, and they said that they couldn't field the team, a weakened team. Then somebody like Premier League FA should step in and say, well, hang on a minute. You, you you can't field the team, but you haven't followed the protocols. Your players have been out partying; they've been they've been taking piss. So unfortunately, it's self-inflicted. Play the game. Yeah, that's it. And um, if they start doing that, players will behave. Kyle Walker's done similar. You had Eberetti yeah. um, as a attended QPR game the other day, and he shouldn't yeah. have done that. Yeah, there's too many of them thinking they can basically do what they want and yeah. they need the end of the day they are I don't know how many people in this country like football there must be 60-70% of people in this country love football so they're, they're doing a bit of a duty to everyone to entertain us and I think the government have already said haven't they I think I saw a tweet today one at news reporter saying um, if they're not careful if they start if it starts getting any worse they're going to Stop! They're going to stop it all. Yeah, and like you said, that's just going to make everyone in this country feel even worse. And well, well, low, lower levels at league, they've been put on hold. And I think yeah. um, didn't they say that um, even that some of the the much lower levels have been asked to take um, a vote on whether they want to? Yeah, I'm expecting it like grassroots with, with my team. I'm expecting next four to six weeks asking the same question. Yeah, I think it's going to be like last season when yeah. the when they finished Premier League, they finished Championship, and then yeah. uh, League One and Two, they yeah. just did an average points per if, game. If it gets any worse, then yeah, I think you're right. Um, but hopefully with this vaccine out as quick as possible, then hopefully numbers go down and... Uh, we might start leading a normal life. Did you hear what uh, Sean Dyche said the other day, by the way? About players being vaccinated. Yeah, I think I think he, he, he talked quite a bit of sense, to be fair. Um, if, they want, if they expect um, to carry on, all the people that they... Not just footballers, but all the people that they expect to carry on working or doing what they normally do, putting themselves at danger... Them that can't work from home, let let put them first in queue for it. Yeah. It's, then you won't. Then we won't be having this discussion, will we? No, it's uh, it's a mind boggler. I don't think I can uh, add out to that. I don't know whether we answered your correct question, uh, Jason, but Pro- we, probably in bits. We, we put it to sword anyway. So uh, last couple of questions, we've got one from. Mr. Oliver Poskett, which is quite simply, who's better, Bruno or De Bruyne? I I think that um, Bruno hasn't been in the Premier League in a in long enough to make a fair comparison yet. So I think in terms of 
um, because he's been in the league a lot, a lot longer and he's done it every single season, i.e. more than one season, you cannot say that it's a fluke and he's just having a good year. Therefore, you've got to send De Bruyne. De Bruyne all day for me. Um, I'm a massive fan of Bruno Fernandes, to be honest with you. I think uh, he's, at times, single-handedly lifted them off the floor. Of The old saying last year where it was Bruno Fernandes finishing fifth trophy or whatever it was. Um, but I think in terms of a player, um, De Bruyne all round, I think he can play in a couple of more different positions. I can see him deeper in a midfield role. You can see him as a number 10. He's been playing up front the last couple of games. Um, he's bigger in stature, more of an athlete. I think he's stronger. He's as good up. He's better on ball than Bruno Fernandes. Pick a pass. He chips in with goals. Probably Fernandes probably a bit better with goals than De Bruyne. But I think in terms of the overall package, it's De Bruyne for me. Yeah. I think that if if you were to put De Bruyne on hold now and then ask this question three, four years down the line, if Bruno Fernandes has had the same impact he's had this last season since, since he's signed and that, that continues in the same way that it does for the same length of time as De Bruyne, then you can compare him. But until the, then, you can't. If, if you had the question of... Um, who's played best in the last six months it'd be Bruno Fernandes all day long yeah it goes back to the when you do your we're doing a team of the season selections just because somebody's had a better season doesn't make them a better player yeah yeah like for example when we did team at season and we picked, we put Ben Chilwell at left back over Andy Robertson we did that because in that particular season, we thought Ben Chilwell had had a better season than Andy Robertson. But you ask me which one I'd rather have, I'd rather have Andy Robertson. But that yeah. doesn't mean he's had a better season. Yeah. It's the same here. Uh, I, think, I think for me, I think Bruno Fernandes' form is brilliant at the minute. He's turned Man United around a little bit. Um, he scores a lot of penalties and... and you know, a lot of his goal goal contributions, other than that, have come against weaker sides. I haven't really seen him grab hold of a, a top game yet, but I do really like him. I think he's a quality player. Uh, I liked him in Portugal as well before Manuel signed him. Uh, but for me, De Bruyne has been, for the last, what, three, four years, has been the best all-round midfielder in Premier League for me. Definitely. Oh, he wins that for me. Um quite simply. Hopefully that answers your question. Uh, we've got one last one, which we'll leave it on, which I thought were a nice nice question sent in by Mr. Stephen Ainge. I know. Um, and he said, due to lockdown, Mr. Buge, and only essential journeys being allowed, uh, Leach should be fine for their <laughs> pointless journey to Crawley. What you on that? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I absolutely agree with him here. Yeah. I think he's spot on. So um, should have been. Uh, that was uh, the question that made me laugh the most this week. I thought that was interesting, so I thought I'd slip that one in there. Him thinking he's a comedian and he's I far from think, it. Uh, I don't think Mr. Ainge were expecting an answer. I think he just wanted that little bit mentioned. Yeah. So, uh, 
I think it's the best question at night, personally. <laughs> if you wanted a joke, <laughs> Chef Wednesday, that's a joke. Uh, <laughs> Any, anyway, we will we'll wrap this up uh, for tonight. Um, I think this week we are going to be doing a, a team bet, are we, for the first week this week, uh, picking a couple of sides each. Oh, yeah, we did mention um, it, yeah. A joint um, hacker. Yeah, we're going to do a joint hack and we'll, we'll obviously put that on for you all to uh, to follow and take the piss out of us and, and whatnot. I think I think I'll do a draw uh, to see which order we're picking, um, pick us teams in, and then we'll we'll do that in the group and, and put that bet on. So wish us all luck for that. We might might build up a little bit of a kitty for a night out or something. Um, and then obviously, <laughs> if anybody picks any losing, have a fine teacher with us, spoons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's I'm just been... topping up Wigs kebab from there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been lovely talking again, boys. Um, and we'll we'll obviously you'll hear us all again next week. So thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, folks. Cheers. Bye. Bye.